0: Blessed last week to have some special guests with us, um, but uh, we are always blessed by uh, by these wonderful, steadfast, diligent servants of Jesus. Let me grab my uh, my podium. <laughs> I like that last line, and I like how we left on that last line. I only know at His right hand stands one who is my Savior. Amen to that. Let's do this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to be with us this morning. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would please, uh, Lord, attend to the words that um, we have before us today, Lord. We thank you for scripture, that we have the, the, the written, preserved word. But, Lord, we, we know that your word did not stay uh, written, Lord. Your, your word was uh, Your Word put on flesh and uh, came incarnate, Lord. Uh, your, your word... As Paul even tells us, with Jesus at your right hand, your, your word is your spirit, Lord. Um, speaking in Ephesians about the, the sword of the spirit, which is your word. Lord, uh, your word is not only written, it is, it, it, it is voiced out. It's spoken. It's breathed out. Uh, Lord, may we receive from your word today. Uh, God, I pray that you would be with me, that I'd be an adequate, if not skilled, presenter, proclaimer of your word today. I pray that uh, that I would not get in the way, but that I would declare the word that is here for us to encourage us and to equip us onto love and to good works, to continued steadfast diligence in our faith, in our disciplines, in our discipleship. I pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. Uh, I, I want to take a minute uh, this morning and uh, share with y'all. I, I get to brag on my wife a little bit today. I don't brag on her all the time. Um, and she's not in here, so it's good that, uh, that uh, uh, she doesn't have to see me as I say these things. But... Um, uh, I'm really proud of her. This last week was a very hard week for her. Uh, as many of you know, she's the community education director for Friendswood ISD. And, and, and one of the things that they do is they have these summer programs. And so she's the director of those summer programs. And so um, over the past couple months, there's been like a lot of uh, planning and preparing and organization and communication that has had to take place. Uh, to prepare for the next three weeks of summer programs uh, through the district, and and of course, uh, because school was going on uh, up until uh, a week and a half ago, um, there was there were some some things that you just can't do until after school's done and until you, you can. So this last week week and a half were just a full week of. Uh, of continued, uh, like, nailing down uh, some schedules and some uh, teachers and uh, doing some more organization, a lot of communication. Um, and, and, and this is what I'm proud of my wife for, is that she has done a bang-up job. She's been diligent. She's been steadfast. She's, she, she's been on the ball taking care of everything. And, and why I'm proud of her is not just because she did it, but she did it while she has not been feeling uh, 100%. Um, you know, the stress of this work has made her feel a, a lot of um, anxiety. And so, so, so what she found was that a lot of this last week, week and a half, she didn't sleep a lot because she would fall asleep and then, and then oh no, this, 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 and this has to be done and she would wake up. And then she would be processing through, oh no, this has to be done. This has to be done. This has to be done. And then she might drift back off to sleep and then wake up again. And and, and then just feeling that way made her not feel very great emotionally because she was like, oh, I wish I didn't have all this anxiety. I already have a lot to do. I already have a lot of stress. I don't want to be feeling all this anxiety at the same time. And so then anybody who's dealt with you know, stress or anxiety or, or, or any kind of, you know, some hard emotional seasons, you know, that sometimes you don't just feel bad, but then you feel bad for feeling bad. And it just becomes this vicious cycle downward. And what I think is so awesome is she did not, feeling this way, she did not crawl into the fetal position and say, I can't do it. She got up and she was diligent and she took care of everything that needed to be taken care of. And, and what's really cool is, 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 is we started noticing this and started seeing like, hey, look, you know, this is kind of neat. You know, as we were processing through it, it's like, you don't feel great at all, but you didn't stay in bed until noon today and do nothing. You got up and you went and you did the work that needed to be done. And then whenever you were still tired and you were going, man, I'm ready for a nap because I didn't sleep very good last night. And you're like, oh, no, but there's just a couple other things that need to be done. You didn't go, well, I'll do that after the nap. You, 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 you continued on and you were like, I'm going to get this stuff done. I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to cross every T and dot every I. And, and we were able to process through that. And then and some like awesome people who, 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 who know a little bit about what she's been going through have, have, you know, and just people who didn't even know the full extent of it. But they've just reached out and they've been like, hey, you've got this. You've taken care of everything that you need to take care of. And so I'm, I'm really proud of her. And here, here's the deal. Here's what I think. I, I think you've all been in a place like that. You've all been in a season where, where I don't know if it was you're physically um, you know, feeling weak and frail, if you're emotionally feeling weak and frail, but you've all been in a season where, where, where you were not 100%. And there was, there, there was work to be done, there was responsibilities that needed to be taken care of, and, and you rose to the occasion. You didn't go stick your head in the sand as it were. You, 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 you didn't crumble down, you, 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 you kept on and continued taking care of it. I think about like, you know, in a season like when we had a Hurricane Harvey, none of us were 100%. But I, I look at not only our church, I look at the churches in our community, I look at our community in general, and I think, man, how great was it that we, we people who who, who have been displaced from their house, we're going and helping other people who were displaced from their homes they weren't just sitting in the rubble of their own place and going oh no what am i going to do they 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 got up and they 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 cleared out their house and then they went to their neighbor's house and then they just kept going And so as we were processing through all this this week and and had some time to kind of think about this, uh, of course, a passage of scripture that came to my mind was this great moment in Paul's life whenever Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 about this weakness, this element, this, what he calls a thorn in the flesh. He tells us about this thorn in the flesh. He calls it a messenger of Satan. That was sent to, in the Old English, it says Buffet. Or, and, and, and some of y'all read it and y'all are like, the only Buffet that you know is the buffet, right? You know, and so that doesn't, you're like, I don't, y'all don't like my jokes at all today. That was a terrible one. That was the lamest joke I think I've ever tried. And I knew it right before I said it. I was like, just, just don't, just don't do it. And I hadn't thought about it until then. And then the spirit was like, no. And I was like, spirit, let's see. Let's see what happens here. I should have yielded to the spirit there, but this uh, this this messenger of Satan was sent to harass him or torment him. And doesn't it, isn't that what it feels like sometimes whenever you haven't been getting the rest that you need? Some of y'all have dealt with insomnia. Or maybe your own anxieties that have kept you up at night. Uh, Maybe it's not even just anxieties. Maybe some of y'all, after losing love, loved ones, you're so tired and you're so weary and you're so broken, but yet you lay down and you you can't find the rest. If you've ever felt emotionally down, it just feels like this constant attacking, this harassment. We don't talk about that as much as we talk about like physical ailments, do we, in the church? And, and I think in the culture and society that we, we live in, it's hard to address feeling emotionally down or having some, some battles with some, some mental or emotional uh, ailments, And so I think sometimes it's, and like we said with earlier, it's like, it's not only that you feel bad for feeling these ways, but then you, not only do you feel these ways, but you feel bad for feeling these ways. Some of us have attributed that or likened that to being faithless. Now, I'm just gonna say that's not the case. Scripture never says, well, don't just be anxious. It says it says, don't just be anxious, but take your anxieties to the Lord. Like process your anxieties. That's Philippians chapter number four. That's my loose paraphrase translation of it. uh, Peter talks about, you know, cast your cares, your anxieties upon the Lord. How do you do that? He's saying the same thing that Paul says. You can't just take anxiety, blow it up and throw it. But you can voice it. You can name it. You can say, this is what I'm afraid of, God. This is my fear right now. is being... Harassed, he was being tormented by this thorn in the flesh. Now the thing is, we don't know what it is. We well, we can speculate all day long. Was it a physical ailment? Paul Paul writes in Galatians how he says, "See, I wrote this with my own hands. Do you see how big of words I wrote whenever I would use my own hands?" And, and, and a lot of people uh, believe that there's like Paul had a, a medical condition with his eyes. Maybe it was something that went back to him being blinded on the road to Damascus, and and, and, and it was and it was this this perplexing, this chronic ailment that he had to live with. And, 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 and so maybe it was something like that, you know, and, and, and you can speculate all day. And we, and the thing is, Paul doesn't tell us. Paul only uses these, 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 these ways to describe it. It was a thorn in the flesh. It was a messenger of Satan. And it was sent to harass me, to torment me. And here's what Paul said. Paul didn't get this thorn in the flesh and go... I've got the joy, 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 joy down here in my heart. Paul got this thorn in the flesh and he said, God, get it out of me. He begged and he pleaded with the Lord. He says, I went to the Lord and I, and I asked him to remove this thorn from my flesh. And he didn't go once. He didn't go two times. He went three times. At least I would say. At the writing of this, he had experienced this three times. And the text says, and the Lord said to me, and you, 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 can, you can interpret that one or two ways. You can say, and the Lord said to me after the third time, and it's kind of ambiguous in the translation, in the grammar and the syntax of it, or it can be, and each time the Lord said to me. Now, I, I, I know a lot of us like to think of Paul as like, you know, almost like a demigod. Like he really didn't struggle with all the things that you and I struggle with. We think about Jesus that way, too. We read he's fully human, fully God. But we're like and he's and we read where it says he was tempted in every way that we were tempted. And we're like, but not really, because he's Jesus. And it's like, no, but really, because he's Jesus, because he's fully God, who took on full humanity He walked where we walked. Jesus was tempted with anxious fear too. Jesus was tempted with depression too. How could he not be? He's doing this work. I I see this almost like in Matthew chapter number 11 whenever he's praying and he's like, nothing's good enough for you guys. You are like children who, who, who pipe in the market and you say, dance for us. And, and, and everybody dances. And you're like, oh, I don't like that. And they play us a sad song. Nothing satisfies your desires. Here I come he says, like, John the Baptist came, and, and he came with this, like, great discipline of life. He was, he was fasting, and he was, you know, he, he, was not a, he was not doing any of these things. He was kind of like an ascetic lifestyle, and he, and y'all were like, well, he's not from God. And here, here I come, and, 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 I, and I eat and drink with the, with the sinners, and y'all go, oh, he's just a glutton and a drunk. There's no satisfying you. I see this moment of exasperation in Jesus there. And he begins to say to them, it's going to be better. It will be better. It would be better if you were in Sodom and Gomorrah than being here in the land of God's people on the day of judgment. And then in that moment, God comes to him and he speaks to him, I would imagine. And he says, I know they don't get it, but look who does. And Jesus looks at him and goes, oh, thank you, God, for those babes. They're not the wisest. They're not the best, the brightest. They're not the credentialed. But thank you for these babes who get it. Thank you for those who, who hear And receive, who see, who know, God, thank you. Paul felt that way. He felt less than whatever the torment was. And Paul was not satisfied with it. Paul did not say, well, them's the breaks. Paul said, I want it out of me. I want transformation. And think about Paul. Paul Paul is somebody who, who, who God worked powerfully through. Paul is somebody that, that when you read through the book of Acts, Paul has God's authoritative power on him. And just before this, just be, like in, in verses one through five, he talks about, he speaks of it kind of vaguely, but he, he speaks about, having these visions of being caught up into the third heaven and hearing things that he couldn't even utter to anybody else. Paul has seen God's hand at work. And so could you imagine Paul who's seen God's authority work through healing people is saying, God, I know you can heal people. Heal me. But then the lord gives him this word he says my my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect or it finds its completion in weakness paul spoke this in in in, in And as I read it in 2 Corinthians, and as you read what he says next, he says next, he says, so that's how I learned to glory in my weakness or my infirmities. And if I'm going to, uh, to, to boast or to brag about anything, I will boast about my hardships, about my trials. When Paul experienced this, or maybe each time Paul experienced this, It was life-forming and ministry-shaping for Paul. And think about this phrase. I mean, it's a a word from the Lord. It's this phrase, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. My strength is completed in weakness. And as I work through that, I go, what does that really mean? like what does that mean other than just attaboy and and y'all know me y'all 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 y'all've heard it in me say this over like the last several months like I, i i i don't i can't read that and just hear hey it's all gonna be okay and go okay it's all gonna be okay Like, I I need to work through that. I need to, like, unpack that. I need to find some, like, some application of what does this look like, some concrete way. God does not give us. I don't don't interact with the God of Scripture uh, who's revealed in the Scripture, the God who's revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, the God who gave us His Holy Spirit, who just says, hey, it's going to be okay. He never just told anybody, hey, it's going to be okay. He always said, hey, here's my promise for you. Abraham, here's my promise for you. I'm going to give you a land and I'm going to make of you a great and mighty nation. And Abraham didn't just receive from the Lord. Hey, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. Abraham received a promise and he held on to that promise. His faith was in the word of God, the promise that God had made with him. So whenever Abraham found that he had not had a son, he didn't go back to God and say, hey, you know, it's okay. I have all these cattle. I have all this livestock. I'm being very, I've gained a lot of wealth. It's good. Abraham came to him and he said, where's the promise? Is it through Eliezer? Is that who the promise goes through, God? And God again, he says, no, 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 no. It's not just going to be through Eliezer. It's going to be through your own seed. You are going to have a son, Abraham he says, listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to make good on this promise. And so then God cuts a covenant with him. And God, usually if you cut a covenant, both parties would walk through the sacrifice to animals. But God himself passes through. Hebrews tells us because when God can make a covenant by no greater, he made a covenant by his own name, by himself. He cut this covenant. See, God didn't give Abraham wistful wishes. He didn't just give him slaps on the back. We, and this is, we need to take this as Christians because James tells us, don't you be people who give wistful wishes and slaps on the back. And he says, don't look at somebody who's naked and destitute of food and say, well, I hope everything goes well for you today. Despite your misery, right? And James says, if we are people of. We are people who trust in a God who who gives promises and he keeps promises. And so I would say this. If you see somebody, James says, naked and destitute of food, you can't even just say, I'm going to be praying for you. You better say, Here's a coat, here's some food. Does prayer go a long way? It does. But God calls us to be the people who act as well. And we act in faith. Not just act in faith of, oh, I hope this does something. But we act in faith of, we trust in the God who actually fulfilled the promise to Abraham. He actually gave him Isaac. He didn't say, oh, I hope you have a son one day, Abraham. That would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, buddy, that would be awesome. Well, be well. I ho- I'm hoping the best for you. God came to him and he said, listen, after, after, after Abraham tried to do it in his own fu- fu- foolish way, God came to him and Sarah and said, hey, listen, in about a year's time, you're going to have a baby. And Abraham had laughed earlier. People forget that because everybody goes, well, Sarah laughed then. Well, they both laughed. But Sarah laughed at that time, and God was like, no, 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 I promise you. And then he asked this question, is anything impossible? So whenever I look at a statement like, my grace is sufficient for you, my strength is made perfect in weakness, I have to go, just my brain, am am I thinking, okay, what what does that look like other than, it's going to be okay, be well. Where's the tangible quality of God's strength? And Paul, Paul's the one who articulates for us that if we walk in the Spirit and we are filled with the Spirit, we'll bear fruit of the Spirit. And he tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Goodness, gentleness. Faith. Meekness, faith, temperance. So then I begin to think about Paul in a weakened state. And I think about you and me in a weakened state. We all know, I've used this this stupid illustration before, but I think it's so good because it, It makes so much sense to us, those Snickers commercials. They're hilarious. You're not you when you're hungry. Y'all seen those commercials? Y'all remember those? If you don't know what a commercial is, back before before stream television, you had to endure commercials. And so I think about me in a weakened state, I think about like, well, what happens whenever I'm tired? I didn't get enough rest. Whenever I'm tired, I'm easy to excuse bad behavior or short temper. Am I alone in that? What happens whenever my tummy's grumbling and my head is aching because I haven't had enough, you know, intake for the day? Again, well, what does it look like? Short temper, irritability? Am I very patient in those moments? Uh, what happens when if I'm anxious over something? Sometimes anxiety is, is, is rooted in nothing and, and you kind of have to, you, you have to work through that and go, that's just a, baseless anxiety. What if it's an actual fear? I've been driving, I've been driving on that expansive road between, um, Houston and San Antonio, and you get to a portion of the road where for probably 50 miles or so, it feels like, I don't know if that's a legitimate thing. Maybe, uh, it's a, it's a long stretch of mileage where there's no gas stations. And I've been driving on that very stretch of road have you ever experienced this, Jacob? When my gas light came on. And you know how our cars do. They get to, they say you have a range of 40. And then after 40, they just go, no more mileage distance. It's like, pretty soon you're going to be out of gas. <laughs> like, it's like, it just stops telling you the mileage rating. And it's just like, you need to fill up soon and i had lost the mileage reading and now i'm just in that fill up soon category and every exit i'm looking for a gas station and i'm not finding a gas station and i have a car with my wife and my three boys and i'm anxious over a lot of things at this point for like, oh no, what, what, how, would we, how would we fix this situation? I don't have AAA, don't tell me we should have AAA. I don't have AAA. Luckily we have cell phones, we don't live in, you know, the day that some of y'all had greater anxiety. But but even on top of all that, I mean, because I've already bragged my wife, y'all need to know this. If I ran out of gas, y'all know what hell my wife would put me through for running out of gas. I would be the world's biggest doofus be a doofus thing for me to do but she would not be gracious about it she would not be kind about it she would not be like oh you know what we all make mistakes she would be going what were you thinking why weren't you paying attention so not only am i anxious that my car might run out of gas that we might be stranded on the side of the road i'm like i cannot deal with that with that condemnation i I just i cannot carry that today and 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 do my uh, guys don't be weak here all right wives look away guys do y'all know what i'm talking about right So I've been in these moments where there's real anxiety and there's real stress and pressure and, and, and it's not rooted in nothing. It is rooted in something. It is, if my car, if I don't find a gas station, we are going to be in trouble. And I know in those moments, like I don't sit there and go, oh man, this is such a great day. This is awesome. It's like if my kid breathes in my ear, I'm like, big one! You know, my hands are gripped on the steering wheel and I am full bore like I am. We cannot do anything. If I hear a pin drop, we're going to have an issue. Do you all track with me on this? Whenever I think about in a weakened state, in a state where I'm being harassed, tormented, tried, tempted by something, whatever it is. Whether it's physical ailment, whether it's emotional or mental element, maybe it's some actual other human being. Paul also faced other human beings who were in opposition to him all the time. Paul found himself in prison all the time. How many, how do you think that, like if we came in here and we we're like, hey, listen, we brought this guy to you. And y'all know he's a good guy because every other week he's in prison for the message that he preaches. Y'all would be going, why, why, why are we going to listen to that guy? I've, we have a financial seminar, and we, we we want you to meet this guy. Now, he's gone to jail four times because he's been caught robbing and embezzling people. But we, he he's going to be our financial pro for the day. Y'all would go, we're not taking financial advice from that guy. Paul had, had to process this a little bit, I would say, because... We find him oftentimes, I'm not ashamed for the gospel or for my bonds, my imprisonment of the gospel. Because it's something that should have brought shame and it probably did bring him shame. He probably had to go to Jesus and say, Lord, how am I going to have any credibility with people if the message I keep proclaiming keeps landing me in jail? John 12 through 17, 13 through 17. What Jesus promised was when he left, he would send us the spirit of God. That is God's gift to us. And again, the spirit of God is not just this abstract reality. It's not this wistful wish. It's not this. And cross your fingers and wiggle your nose, and hopefully something good will. Ha- the Spirit of God is God's dynamic, authoritative, life-giving power presence in us. And some people have experienced that Spirit manifest itself. On the day of Pentecost, the spirit manifests itself in the way of people were speaking the good news and people who didn't speak their same language were hearing them in their own language. And sometimes people are looking for that. They want that manifestation of the spirit. And I'm not one of those who says, well, I don't think that that goes on anymore. I, I don't have any scriptural authority to say that that does not go on anymore. But here's what I do know. I do know that Paul addressed this same church earlier and he said, stop looking for just those manifestations of the Spirit. He said, stop making it a hierarchy. Like if you spoke in tongues, that you are on this high rung of the ladder whereas somebody else who can just be patient in hardship is on the low rung of the ladder. So I know people... uh, look for that but 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 paul he was very clear there's no hierarchy with the spirit the the gift that god gives us or the the spirit he gives to everybody who trusts in jesus and the gifts of the spirit they are varied so like if you have like this manifest gift of the spirit it doesn't make you higher on the ladder doesn't make you more authoritative than somebody who doesn't have a manifest gift of the spirit But Jesus promised us, I'm going to give you the spirit. And then he, he, he goes on and he tells us about the spirit. And I kind of today, I just want us to look at like that shorthand of Paul and just go. Paul tells us that the spirit bears this fruit of love, joy, peace. good. And here's what I think. God says, my get, grace, my gift is sufficient for you. I, you don't need to be 100 percent because I've given you my spirit. And the strength, the power, the might of my spirit It's completed. It's made perfect. Not whenever you have your whole act together. But in weakness. And so then I think about this. like, Whenever I'm weak and I am susceptible to irritability. The sufficiency of the spirit is that it gives me patience and temperance when I'm susceptible to irritability and shortness and rudeness and a cutting word and a condemning word? Are we tracking with that? And then we think about this. Again, here it is. God doesn't just wish us well he gives us promises and he promised us the spirit and on the day of pentecost peter declared god's promise that he spoke about in joel the old testament prophet is being fulfilled today you're seeing it being filled today That's what's happened here. And so, whenever I read Paul and I see this, this life shaping or life forming, ministry shaping oracle that he received from God, this word that he received from God, Paul isn't just, didn't just get an attaboy from the Father in heaven. He didn't just wish him well, he reminded him, I gave you my spirit. My spirit makes up for what you lack. And here's another way to do it. It's not just that the spirit makes up for what I lack, but, but here's the deal. My spirit is really made known. My spirit is made known best, completed, perfected, right? When you don't have the wherewithal, but you do it anyway. My spirit is known best like when Brittany goes through a week where she has been not only anxious and then feeling bad about being anxious and then not sleeping and then feeling frustrated that she's not sleeping, but she, she has not the wherewithal. But she's able to continue doing the work. I'm proud of Brittany, but you know what I see here? I see that's God's spirit at work in her life. Paul said this was so such a formative these these experiences with God where he where he reminded him of his gift of his spirit that that's power is perfected completed in his weakness. He said this was so transformative for me that I stopped looking for all the ways I did it right whenever all things were going right. Bless you, Miss I stopped looking at all the ways and all the things I did when things were going right. And I started looking at all the ways I was able to work when things were horribly wrong. And that is why I now glory in those things. Because, just like Jesus says, it means nothing to love somebody who loves you. There's no reward in that. But when you love somebody who is angry and spitting in your face, there is reward in that. When you are patient and kind, when you have no, nothing in your life going the way to make you patient and kind... That you can glory and say, I did not have the tools requisite at my hand. The, 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 everything was going against me, and yet I stayed in the character of Jesus. Amen? That's what this is that we've been given it's not just this word of well-wish. We've been given the Spirit of God to help us when we are weak. Here's my fear. As I said a couple times earlier, I think we're made to feel bad when we are feeling That's a temptation that Paul would have faced himself, but Paul learned how to rejoice, how to glory in those moments, because he knew this is a moment for the Spirit to to work and to make itself manifest in my life. I don't feel good. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm hungry. I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm afraid. And the enemy wants you to go, I can't believe you feel all these ways. And God wants you to go, yeah, your belly's empty. Of course you're hungry and you're going to be irritable when your belly's empty. But I'm right here, I'm right here. Remember, Jesus, he was tired and he sat on the well. And at the end of that, he said, I have. And his disciples were like, you're tired and you're hungry. You want some food? And he said, look, I have have meat that satisfies me. So, my brothers and my sisters, I would encourage us. I would encourage us to receive this not as a good well-wish But as God reminding us of his promise that he has already fulfilled in giving us his spirit. And when you don't have the wherewithal, I would encourage you, don't beat yourself up over that. But go to God. And let God remind you first, hey, don't forget my strength is perfected in your weakness. And then cling on to his strength. Walk in his spirit. And live out love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness and gentleness and meekness and faith and temperance in the midst of your weakness. And this, this will make God's spirit known and bring glory to him. And I believe make you fruitful in your walk. And with that, I say my final Amen. Lord, God, I come to you today. I bring this to you. I thank you that you've brought it to me. I need clarity like this in my life. I believe this is clarity on your word. I trust that, Lord, that your spirit not only delivered it, to me, but it has delivered it today. And Lord, I pray that it would be life to us today, strength to us today, hope for us today, encouragement for us today. Lord, I pray that it would equip us as we go out from this place, Lord. I pray that it would equip us to walk in your spirit, to live by the character of your son, Jesus, to make you known and to bring you glory and to be transformative not only in our lives but in the lives of others. I pray these things. I pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. My brothers and my sisters, I'm just going to give y'all a moment. Brother Mitch is probably going to play through a verse or two of the song while he plays through a verse or two of the song before he starts singing. Y'all just meet with the Lord. Talk to him about what he's talking to you about. If this was something that you needed, that you that you received life from, just go to him and say, thank you, God, and help me to apply it. If there's something that you're challenged with and that you question, bring that question to the Lord. If there's some kind of conviction and, and that the Spirit is bringing, and you might talk to God about that. Well, let's just talk to God about what he's talking to us about. Maybe there's maybe you've been feeling that way. Maybe you, you you've been you've been perplexed and you've been plagued and you've been feeling bad about feeling bad, as it were. And you need to, you need God's spirit just to help you to to accept your condition and to walk in his spirit today. Maybe that's what you need to talk to God about. But after a few moments, then Brother Mitch and the team are gonna lead us out with a song.